My man. Oh my god. I haven't seen How you. are you? Good. I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? I'm all right, you know. I'm uh am I uh am I clear to you? You're clear to me. Yeah, you're clear to me. Okay, cool. I was having an issue um on a I've joined a couple other live chats and uh apparently my iPhone 6 ain't holding up too well. <laughs> <laughs> Might be time for an upgrade. Who knows? An iPhone 6 oh. how long you had it? Uh you know what? I have this weird thing about iPhones. Sorry. I'm resting it on my laptop. Yeah. Um, I have this weird thing with iPhones where I somehow, um, anytime my phone breaks, uh, I end up gaining a new iPhone that's, you know, six generations old. But uh, I can still send text messages and answer emails. So that's the main cares? thing. That's the main <laughs> thing. Uh, oh, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to a chat with Matt episode 13. I apologize for the delay. We're dealing with a shit situation. Jordan, you know about it. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude I, I almost thought I wasn't going to make this one because uh, I think I, I think the battery in my vehicle's toast. I was just, uh, <laughs> I, I went to the post office to mail some things out and I got out and I went to start my van. This is the second time my van's died on me in like three days. And uh, <laughs> I called my buddy Omar. I was like, you got cables? He's like, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm at the shoppers. I need you to come give me a boost. <laughs> so uh, thanks, thanks, Omar, for boosting me and making sure I was on time for this uh, for this little chat. <laughs> yes, thank you, Omar. And Jordan, I thank you again for your patience with uh, yesterday delaying it a day. Oh, don't sweat it. But, I mean, you, you can't really be impatient at a time like this. Uh, and if you are, I, I don't know what's going on in your life, but... Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I feel like we have more time than ever before. <laughs> exactly, it's very true. So, yeah, episode 13, we're here. I'm joined by Jordan of YC Drum Company, absolute drum wizard, drum tech god, whatever you want to call him. That's 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 really nice to, I'm just for you to say. I'm just blowing a bit of smoke up your ass, it's all right. Uh, I like it, I'll take it. I'll, ta I'll take what I can get these days. So, Jordan, why don't you just give a quick summary of who you are and all that kind of stuff? Um. Well, I was born April 13th, 1994 in Ottawa, Ontario at this, um, yeah, I, uh, I build drums for guys and, uh, I work as a drum tech with a bunch of bands, um, in studios. And then I tour with a couple of different bands as like a, a roadie. I'm a roadie. So yeah, I kind of just do a bunch of, uh, I always tell people it's just one big drum related job. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean, we could talk for the next hour and I can tell you every little thing I do in my job, but then you'd probably be asleep and either asleep or wanting to jump out a window. So, uh, no, we'll just keep it... I could listen to you talk for hours. You're so charismatic. <laughs> well, we'll just keep it at that. I mean, yeah, I just yeah. do a bunch of drum related things and I like nerding out about gear with people and hanging out with musicians. I'm, I'm the one, uh, I'm the, the kind of musician that, uh, music didn't really work out for me. So I decided to get on the other side and, help out musicians and you know seven years later here we are yeah that, that's kind of the same story with me music didn't work out for me so i, I hopped on the other side sure yeah <laughs> i get it uh, you know what it was funny i was just watching a live video i found this was years ago it okay it was a live video when you were still playing in daisy okay at a house. oh is it the one in all with the house show were you at that house i show? was i was at that house show oh, yeah. a young fetus face me was 
There, there was a lot of blood. I remember. It wasn't I, for I got, me. <laughs> I no. I, I, if you watch that video during our last song, um, the bass player in that band, Daisy, is is my childhood best best friend, Brandon, and we played in bands uh, like every single band growing up in high school. Daisy was the last band we played in before I moved out here, and then Brandon um, is the father of three lovely little girls. So he got married and had kids and. But uh, Brandon and I have a really funny connection. Um, I mean, obviously, we're thicker than thieves. He's like a brother to me. And his mom's like my second mom. Um, you know, our families, like, get together on holidays and stuff. I was, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Sorry. But um, if you watch that video, Brandon in the last song, I think, throws his bass off and then grabs my cymbal and throws it at my head, mm -hmm. in which I got a cut above my eye. And then I... I I'm paraphrasing the, I haven't watched this video in a while. Maybe I'll, I'll do that later. It's interesting. But I think I took the blood and started wiping it on the walls. So whoever lived there, I'm sorry. And then I think directly after our set, all of our gear was trashed. I think I went directly outside, lit up a cigarette and then wiped my blood on Simon Chartrand's yeah. white t-shirt. <laughs> Yep. So that was a great night. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, and then we drove directly back to Ottawa that night. So, oh, that, that was an insane set. Oh my god, I, I was thanks, man. I was yeah. thankful to be there for that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun playing in that band. I mean, we we I, I'm still friends with all those dudes, and it was just like a I don't know, it was like a fun thing for us. We all like different kinds of music, and it was a way for us to. We always like told people like we like we don't talk to the crowd. We play 18 minutes. We don't stop between songs. And it's just a way for us to, like, beat ourselves up and let a bunch of anger out. I don't know. It was, you know, I was, uh, how old was I when we did that? I probably was 20, yeah. 21, maybe. No, I, I probably was, like, 19, 20, yeah. So, huh? yeah. I uh, miss playing Screamo. <laughs> yeah. So you've had an awesome career thus far. You've done a lot of cool shit. What's the one highlight for you thus far that it's just like, it was kind of a moment where you realized, holy shit, this has been, this is further than I expected to go or something along those lines. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different things. Um, I think like the first one really was, um, when the Junos were in Hamilton five or six years ago and yeah. Arkells played the Junos. And then like, I remember like getting together in my living room, my buddy Marco was there I mean, the whole family, Marco and I, we were all watching the TV. And uh, I remember, like, my mom, like, crying. Because you could see the YC logo, like, <laughs> in, like, almost every shot. And uh, that was, like, the moment my parents were like, oh, like, what you're doing is real. Like, it's not just, like, you know, because I had so many people, like, God bless my friends. The thing about my friends and my where I'm from, Ottawa, is I'm younger than all my friends by, like, at least usually – you know, three to four years. So I was always like the kid and it was like, Oh man, the kid's got a pretty cool hobby job. And then kind of like when that happened and like my mom was bawling and, you know, a few years after that moving out to Southern Ontario, that was like, my parents were like, we support you a hundred percent. And, you know, so I think that was like that, that was like the big moment. The other one was um, a couple years after that, or maybe it was like the year after that. No, a couple years, I think. Um, uh, Arkells played the Junos in Ottawa and uh, they asked, you know, I got to go drum tech the Junos and had three YC kits on that broadcast. So like at, standing on the stage at one point during rehearsals for the Junos, for those who aren't familiar how 
some of these televised things work is you kind of have to do like a, a, a full run through of the whole show to time it out. So you usually do about two dress rehearsals. And at one point I was on the stage um, tweaking something on Tim's drum kit and Billy Ray, who is, you know, famously known for being the tragical hips guitar tech. Um, and uh, he's been the stage manager for the Junos for years. So I, I want to say like two decades. And he was like, Jordan, Jordan, stop. Like, don't move. And he pulls his phone and he takes a picture of me. I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, thanks for taking my pick. And he was like, no, no. He's like, look behind you. And like, as I'm standing in front of Tim's kit, there's Jeremy from the Strombella's YC kit and Danny from July Talk's YC kit. <laughs> so it's like, it's like a really grainy photo. It's something if you dig on Facebook, you can find it. But that was, that was another like kind of moment when I was like, holy crap. Okay. This is, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not just faking it. Maybe something is happening here. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a, a so many a, a events and trying to pin like those two are really magical. But there's been so many there's been little moments, too, where you're just like hanging out with people and you're just like, this feels right. And like, this is rad. So, you know, sorry to go off on a bit no, of a tear there. It's fine. I, I love listening to you talk. It's great. Like I said, you're just very charismatic. Yeah, thank um, you. So. A big thing for you, obviously, the freelancer gig, YC drums, a small business, being a business owner yourself. When, how do I say this? How was it transforming YC drums from that hobbyist thing into the main thing and then building your drum career kind of up from there? Like, I mean, it, it, it's uh, even, even today, it's like one day at a time kind of thing. So, I mean, I quit, I, I basically quit my job I was delivering auto parts. I had like built like a snare drum or two, quit my job delivering auto parts. And like, was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to start a drum company. And uh, I was like, you know, eight, 19 at the time. And um, when you're 19 and you live at home, you're kind of like fearless. You're like, <laughs> what the worst thing that can happen is I go back to delivering auto parts, um, which like, even to this day, seven years, you know, almost seven years later, since I quit that, auto part delivery job i like still remind myself every day i'm like remember if you fuck up sorry pardon my french but if you mess up you can you, you'll go right back to delivering auto parts you moron so you better you know you better keep it tight so yeah it's literally just been like little by little one thing after another and that's kind of just been it it's kind of like rolling the dice um this is really corny but there's um this amazing hardcore band that aren't a band anymore. This band called Bane. They're my favorite hardcore band. And there's um, this song called Anti Up. And there's a lyric that, um, if I, I might be paraphrasing a little bit here, but it's basically splash my chips across the table, take my shot, I'm all in. And like that lyric, like I heard that song for the first, they opened their set with that song when I was 16 at Mavericks in Ottawa. And I went home and like instantly I was like, what's, what was the first song of that set? And like kind of when I heard that song, which is basically about taking chances, that lyric, it's kind of like, that's like a really thing. I, I, I listen to that song. Actually, it's my favorite Bane song. But I mean, I listen to that song a lot because it's kind of like one of those reminders of like, you just got to roll the dice and go for it. So to, sorry to make a long answer short. Basically, it's day it's day by day, and I can't tell you what I'm going to do two weeks from now. But it's kind of one of those things where 
you're just like, I'm super fortunate to have a lot of great people supporting me, especially during a time like right now, which is rad to have so many friends supporting you. But I've had a lot of people kind of take a shot, uh, take a shot with me and or take a shot on me and uh, not physically take a shot on me. On the, <laughs> maybe we're into body shots, but basically I've, I've had a lot of people kind of like, you know, put trust in me and they're like, all right, kid, we'll give you a shot. And, I like always remind myself, I'm like, you can't mess this up because you might not get another opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, you know, it, it, how I made this a full-time job. I eventually I got to a point where I didn't have to drive my friends from bar to bar to make extra money to like pay my bills. Like that was like, that was a real thing I did. Like I, I literally, me and my buddy Scott, we used to like drive our friends around town to bars and stuff and like DD for them. So, like, I had a minivan. So, I was like, all right, you guys all want to go home? I'll drive each of you home five bucks a head. And, like, that's how we made our money. Because, <laughs> like, we both couldn't – like, I couldn't get a real job because I was trying to build this drum company. And, like, doing odd jobs like that and working as a stagehand and stuff in Ottawa. And, you know, and then eventually you get so busy with the stuff you do with your business. And you're like, okay, I can't I, – I don't have time to do the other thing. So, it's literally – yeah, it's – it's. I don't know. I'm, st I'm still winging it. No <laughs> winging it. So obviously you mentioned what's been going on right now. The outbreak obviously has fucked up a lot of our industry and a lot of live. Yeah. Stuff. I'm curious for you how it's affected your 2020 plans and your growth. And like, is there potential to possibly salvage any of it or? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's all kind of like, it's, it's tough to say right now. No one really knows what's going to happen. Uh, I did have it, what looked to be a very, very busy summer. Um, on the road with uh between july talk and arkells mm -hmm. um who are two of the bands that i'm very fortunate enough to work for um but i don't think that's really happening anymore uh i mean i i, I you know maybe, maybe hey there's there's always a, there's always a chance right but i think from like what i've read online it doesn't look like shows are going to be happening for a while um so now it's kind of instead of like you know having all these ideas and expecting money because you you need money to grow a business a lot of the time mm. and one thing about my business is i and i'm very transparent about this with anyone i talk to it's I, i'd like to think it's probably public knowledge at this point but uh i'm completely self-funded so i i don't i don't i've never taken a, a loan out you know i've never i don't have i'm the only owner of the business i don't have you know a board of executives you know who are buying into my drum company it's like i'm I, i'm the only employee so it's not really now now it's like yeah all these plans and ideas to grow and now it's at a point where it's like okay let's just try and survive and it's been tough for small businesses especially for someone like me who where i'm the only employee and i don't pay myself a salary there's been no relief for people like me right now like you know last week ever i, I sorry i'm real cooped up on the old government right now and i'm not a very political person but i've been like you know waiting for my day in the sun being like hey when am i going to get a bit of help here because I could use it like like any other small business. I mean, there's definitely people in much worse places than I am right now, you know. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the last week uh, they were talking about uh, rent relief. Well, it's great that you have a prime minister go on TV and, you know, say they're going to help out small businesses. But what a lot of people aren't aware of and what they don't tell you in that press conference is the rent relief isn't mandatory. So landlords don't have to give you relief on your rent. They're trying to push landlords to do that, being like, look, like you should help your tenants out, but 
you know, like there's, it's not mandatory. Businesses, the landlords don't have to make your rent subsidized or free, you know? So it's stuff like that where you're just like kind of waiting around and, you know, waiting for a bit of help. And, you know, so far, I, again, day by day, uh, I'm getting by, I'm figuring it out, but, uh, you know, there's, I'm definitely worried for sure. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to look, I made it through this month. I made it through last month. Hopefully I'll make it through the next month. And, but that's the way my, that's the way I've always ran my business. You know, I, I've always, I've always put the business before myself. So, you know, I tell people, I tell a lot of friends who are starting businesses themselves. I go, look, when you count the hours at the end of the week and you do the math, you'll go, damn, I could make more money pouring coffee, but you got to, if you want to run a business and grow a business, instead of paying yourself a bunch of money, you got to put that money back into your business and grow your business that way. So that's what I've always done. Like I'm not, I'm not rich by any means. Heck, I literally pay my bills every month. I'm happy doing that. I'm very lucky in that regard that I get to do something that I love and have all these amazing opportunities um, be given to me from people. Um, but you know, I, I'm not rich by any means. I, I'm literally, you know, I've been scraping by for the last seven years, you know, and there's always going to people be people uh, who have it way better than you and people who have it worse than you. So, I mean, in regards to what's happening right now, it's kind of just like waiting around and, you know, waiting to see what happens and how it unfolds. But at the same time, kind of being punk rock about it and being like, okay, how am I going to figure this out myself and get things done that I need to get done. So it's literally just been that, you know, wake up in the morning, go to work, figure it out. You know? Well, that's all we can do at the end of the day. And I, exactly. I've always had a huge respect for you and the hustle. Like you, Thank you. you and Joe Buscema, I've always looked up to. <laughs> I was talking to Joe this morning. Joe's I was talking to him yesterday, actually. He's a, he's a, he's a very dear, close friend of mine. And yeah. I love him to pieces. I, I, um, and he's, you know, j just like me, he's, he's, you know, and, and just like yourself as well. And so many people we know, just people who are grinding, who kind of have, you know, come from the punk rock world and are like, okay, you know, the government might not come to save me at all. So I got to figure out how to get this done myself, mm -hmm. which is what we've all always done. Exactly. You know? Just different circumstance yeah. now. Exactly. Speaking of more of the live industry, how, from your perspective, do you think the live industry is going to be post outbreak? I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd, I'd like to say that things are just going to be normal. It's just going to take a minute to get back there. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's so much speculation right now. I, I'm, I, I haven't done my research about this. Um, if you were asking me to take a nice wild guess on what I think the next few months are going to look like, I think you'll slowly start to see the smaller scale venues kind of, you know, like, like the Dakota taverns of the world and stuff. Um, I think they'll start doing shows and they'll limit people into the shows. And then I think you'll also see like theater shows, but you know, every second seat is sold. So there's spacing mm -hmm. and basically, you know, I think people will be a little stricter. Um, I, I mean, this doesn't have, this has to do with just life in general, but I'm like, am I ever going to be like, are people like, like uh, Joe Rogan, which I, 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 I enjoy a good Joe Rogan podcast from time to time. Uh, by no means do I support everything he says. I don't support everything anyone says, no. but he made, he made like a, a, a statement like a few weeks ago being like, I don't care. I'm going to shake people's hands. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to shake people's hands too. Like, you know, I'm, I, I, to me, that's respect. That's how you greet someone who you just met. That's it's a, it's a, it's a sense of of, of normality that I hope we don't lose. And I know this has nothing really to do with the music industry, but if we're talking about like things, how things are going to be different, that's like the one thing I'm kind of like weirded out of. I'm like. Are people, are you going to like, are people going to like, you're going to go up to someone and like try and talk to them or, hey, like you're at a show and I, I can't hear you. Um, not that they're wearing a headphone, just so that they can't hear you. Um, this is so I don't yell because I have a loud voice. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, are people going to like back up and be like, what are you doing? Like, wait, how dare you come near me? You know, I'm, I'm kind of weirded out by that too. No. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I think with the music industry, I mean, again, I don't, I didn't do my research. I don't know, but I, I'd like to think that it, it'll, just like everything else, is slowly opening up. I think it'll, the same thing will happen with uh, with live entertainment. Yeah. Do you think there might be any resurgence in the show attendance? Like, if you look at more of the punk rock, like smaller venue side, do you think there might be any potential for a resurgence in attendance? I think day. I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. Night one, they go. You can go back to a bar. Every bar in this country is going to be lined up out the door, mm -hmm. which is great because these businesses are going to need to recoup. And I think after like a couple weeks or maybe like a month or two, people will like, okay, yeah, they're back. Great, you know. But I think people are itching. Um, do I think it's going to help with um, with like show attendance? On one side, yes. The other side, I think people might be scared to go to shows. Mm. And I hope that it's not the latter, but I, I I have a weird kind of fear that I think people might be like, I, oh, they say it's okay to go out in public, but I'm not going to go to a sweaty punk show. And, you know, no. I don't know. I, I, I would, in a perfect world, to answer your question, in a perfect world, I would love to see sold out shows for the next decade, mm. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, really still, know. still too early to tell. Obviously, yeah. you're road tech. You work with a lot of sick bands. Is there any story that comes to mind that's like a crazy story that you can think of that you've had blast with? <laughs> uh, that time I won a bunch of money playing dice on a band's butt. No. <laughs> Uh, no, that's actually a good story, but I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> it's not a bad story. Uh, one time I was on tour and uh, I like to, I like to uh, hang out with people and have a couple of drinks. And one time I walked onto the bus of a, of uh, a support acts uh, band's bus that I did not know. And uh, they were like, Oh dude, like come hang out. Like, and I was like, cool. And then a bunch of them came back from the bar and I'm on their bus and they're like, Oh, what's up, man. I'm like, you guys play dice. And like, everyone just like, you play dice? Do you have dice? And next day, like, bills are falling on the floor. Everyone's, it's, yeah. But uh, that's a good story. Um, I think it's a funny story. What, what, what's a good story? I mean, frick. I've had a lot of good nights. <laughs> I've had a, I mean, if you put someone like Danny Miles and I on a podcast together, we'll talk for five hours about good nights we've had. But, uh, oh, here you go. I always forget this story, and this is the best. This is my favorite story. So last fall, um, I was in Thunder Bay with July Talk doing a show. And the night we flew – so when, usually when you do fly-ins, you fly in the night before the gig, and then you fly out the morning after. So we flew in the night before, and I, like, pull up Google, and, like, Thunder Bay, and I put in the date. Find out that Cancer Bats are playing, which I'm just, like – I'm friends with all those dudes. 
and uh, Single Mothers was also on that tour. So I'm friends with all those guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hang out with my friends. It's three blocks from the hotel. So a bunch of like me and a bunch of people from the crew and the band went to the show, had a ball, hanging out with the dudes. Danny and I went to this bar called The Waterhouse, mm -hmm. which is like this dingy dive bar, uh, kind of off the main drag. But our buddy was like, oh, like, let's go grab a drink here. It's cheap. And there's no one there. And it's chill. So every drink in this joint is $4. <laughs> the place is carpeted. There's two, um, there's two uh, pinball machines and a thing of popcorn. That's all that's in this place. Anyways, I, I had a ball with all my friends. We had a couple of drinks, had a great time. The next day we go to do the show. And I'm checking the microphones on stage before the band comes on. Now, usually we didn't have our normal front house person with us. We had a fill-in. Usually the front house person will mute the PA. So when you're checking the lines to make sure everything works, the people in the crowd aren't hearing you checking. So we all wear, you know, something similar to this. I, I have like little custom mold ones. Um, and most, uh, most people do, but uh, they're called anti-air monitors. And we have them all set up. So when you're checking the mics, you can talk to each other. Well, I didn't realize the guy who was filling in for us on sound had the microphones to the, like had the PA on while I was checking. So I'm like checking in the ear being like, check, 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 shut up. Waterhouse, Waterhouse. See you after the show at the after party at the Waterhouse. <laughs> and the crowd is laughing and roaring. And I'm like, I pull out one of my ears. I'm like, oh, the PA's on. <laughs> check, check. See you at the Waterhouse directly after the show. Now, you have to remember that the, the night before I was at the Waterhouse, it was me, Danny, um, Wolf Saga, uh, one of his buddies, Wade from Alexis on Fire, who was filling in for Cancer Bats, and Jay from Cancer Bats. Mm -hmm. We were the only six people in this bar. <laughs> well, we all, like, crew band, and we were uh, metric plays, and we just toured with them. So, like, a bunch of people from their band and crew, we all go to this bar, Waterhouse. Well, I walk in the door, Matt... And the room, the, the bar is slam packed, like absolutely packed. People are having a great time. So we go up to the bartender and we're like, wow, like we were here last night and it was dead. This bar is crazy. And she's like, yeah, some, some dude in one of the bands shouted out our bar and said we were having an after party and everyone came here. And Danny goes, oh, that was this guy. And he starts pointing at me and she's like, you packed my bar. She's like, we've never had this many people in this bar ever. Uh -huh. And then she's like, shots. And like, she just starts handing us all shots. And then we, after the, after like, after last call, we went to an after party in some dude's greenhouse. <laughs> and it was like the, and he, he was a bartender. So he was making cocktails in this greenhouse. And then uh, somehow I got back to the hotel. Oh that was my, my that's, Probably my favorite story. That's that's just hilarious. Uh, that's actually kind of sweet. You filled a bar that was off the beaten path. You gave them a crowd. That's actually very nice at the end. <laughs> I, I I don't think I don't think they made. I think they made more money that night than they did the whole year. <laughs> From the sounds of it, yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up here, Jordan. I always love talking with you and catching up with you. What what are you gonna get up to next during your time in quarantine? What am I getting up to next? Uh, I mean, I'm working every day still. I mean, I'm like, I, I work alone. So it's like I go between my house and my apartment, which is rad. Uh, yeah, so nothing's really, I mean, I'm just trying to keep myself occupied. <laughs> and not, I, I can't get bored. I'm, I'm Trust me, if, if I'm like at home on a Sunday morning and I, I'll start pacing my apartment and my girlfriend, Emily, will be like, do you need to leave? <laughs> like, you need to go to the shop. 
you're annoying me. So yeah, I, I I'm just uh, trying to keep myself busy. <laughs> Fair enough. Who are three acts that people should check out? Oh, three. That's that's such a tough question. I mean, um, Frank, three acts right now that I think people should check out. Um, oh my gosh. Trying to think of like I'm so bad when people add or like three albums you've really liked this year and I'm like oh I'm sorry I'm still listening to Left and Leaving by the Weaker Thens um, <laughs> but uh, no um, three bands you should check out uh, Drew Thompson Foundation yes um, Texas King yes and the third one the third one third one this I have so much power in this third pick oh um, my favorite band from Ottawa or I'm gonna do four. My two favorite bands ever from Ottawa that aren't bands anymore, Rydell and The Love Machine. Go listen to The Love Machine and go listen to Rydell. Have your minds blown and be like, how are these two bands not the biggest bands to ever happen? So okay. that's that. Yeah, shout out to all four of Jordan's three picks. Um, I'm actually, we, we can keep going if you want. <laughs> all right. I'm actually having uh, Jordan come on next week from Texas Gang, so it'll be good. Oh, amazing. Well, you, Love yeah, it. Good, luck, good luck getting a word in with him. <laughs> I've heard. So, Jordan, thanks again for joining joining me today. Where can people find you? Uh, dude, thanks for having me. This is the best. It's so great just seeing you. Mm -hmm. um, where can you find me? Uh, at YC Drum Company on Instagram. Uh, Facebook.com slash YC Drums, I think is the handle. Mm -hmm. uh, YCDrumCompany.com, which is just the logo because it's I need to update my website. Uh, you, could send, uh, you can send me fan letters to Jordan at YCDrumCompany.com. Uh, Some people probably will, to be honest. <laughs> don't, please don't do that. Uh, yeah, on, on Instagram, just at YC Drum Company if you want to like see what I'm up to.